0: serious what the heck is going on in the NHL this past week of play Joe (laughs) what is it with I mean the clip we just played was just this says it all are you you serious like are you serious injury after injury trade talks and one player is kicking other players I don't know what that player is doing we'll mention him later because he is a big buffoon in the NHL right now but we'll dive right into it but first this is N10 with TV and Joe again this week Flager is absent again And that dynamic duo is back that started off the offseason. So we're back, me and Joe. And we're doing something new today. Want to mention to the fans quickly?
1: Yeah, uh, so for this episode, we're going to be kind of doing like a little bit of a trade deadline preview. And we actually asked some some of our listeners to send in some audio clips of uh, where they're from. And kind of a trade that they think might happen before the February 24th deadline. And kind of do a little mini analysis on why that trade would be made. And kind of just, I guess, giving their opinion on it, and then we could react to that opinion. Yeah, so that's we'll what do it we have sometime on later for yeah, this we'll... episode. Oh,
0: shit. Yeah, we'll do that later in the episode. I assume after the news and the awards we give out in the battle of buds. So, uh, we'll get right into it. Uh, Jimmy Rutherford's back on the trade table. What did he do this week, Joe? I think he overpaid, but <laughs> knowing the window that they're in, it kind
1: of makes sense. So they acquired Jason Zucker from the Minnesota Wild for uh, prospect Russell, or not Russell, Addison, a first-round pick, and at this point, a contract salary filler in Alex
2: Galchenyuk.
0: <laughs> so bored. this happened
2: on Monday. So yeah, I think so that was, I. Uh,
0: you think they overpaid? A little bit. Okay, well, I think my take on it is like, yeah, you said the window is like right now for Pittsburgh and Crosby and Malkin to win another cup, and with Latang as well in that core group. And then, like, adding Zucker just adds, like, a lot of speed. And they just lost Gensel to injury with a bad shoulder injury. Uh, He'll be out for, like, what, six months or something like that. So he's probably going to miss, like, the first month of the playoffs, even if they, like, I don't even know if they're going to get past the first month of the playoffs, Pittsburgh. So adding Zucker adds a lot of speed and a lot of sniping ability because he has that. Um, He just hasn't been great this season with the Wild. But, again, when you're putting, when you're going to be put on a line with Malkin or Crosby, you're definitely going to produce an, Last night, you kind of torturized your uh, Montreal Canadiens with two goals there, but uh, sorry for that. But I think, I, I think it's a good trade for both sides. They, look, they got what they wanted. I mean, Minnesota, obviously, Bill Guerin came out this week and said that if uh, the players aren't going to play, we're going to just start trading people. And they did another move that we'll mention right after this one that involves the coaching staff of the Minnesota Wild. But yeah, I think Kaelin Addison is a great prospect, so he'll be added to that decor. Uh, whatever they're going to do in minnesota with seattle coming in next year and they're protecting their defensemen so we don't know what's going to happen there first round pick's a first round pick pittsburgh just loves trading those things and then alex galchenyuk is seemingly the throw-in in in this deal but i think if he i don't know if he's going to get back on track with alex galchenyuk and his like i don't know his potential there i don't know if he'll get back on track with that but uh, he can turn out to be a decent player for the Minnesota out. so I think both teams got what they wanted, and I think it's a good deal for both sides. Be fair. All right, let's mention your boy. <laughs> oh, barbecue, Bruce, <laughs> barbecue, Brucey. Yeah. So
1: speaking of the wild, so since Garin came out and said that uh, they were just going to trade players they didn't want to play for them, they got rid of barbecue, Brucey, uh, yesterday or two days ago, I think they fired him, they relieved him of his duties. Uh, for the rest of the season and I don't think they've named a, a coach yet it's probably just gonna be one of the assistants to kind of just ride out the rest of the season but like the thing with Brucey is that like at the beginning of the year he like roasted his own team he was basically saying mm-hmm. like how they're so slow and like it's basically he can't really do anything about it because that's just how the way the roster is but like the wild like right when he got fired they were like three points out of the second wild card mm-hmm. which it's honestly like I think brucey boy did a good job in getting them there because that roster on paper is just old and slow and they it's like a they don't really have an identity they have like Suter logging like 25 minutes for the past like eight years and then they have like guys like fiala and ryan donato like some younger guys but then like prezzy's leading the goal the team in goals with 21 and he's like 35 years old so they just don't have an identity and like i guess getting rid of barbecue bruce kind of signaled the end of like they're going in an actual direction but like i kind of saw this move coming but i didn't think it was going to happen now because they were kind of close to a playoff spot
0: yeah they just lost versus the uh, the rangers on the shootout well the rangers came back in that one but i mean how's that entirely barbecue bruce's fault but like yeah they're like points out of the playoffs i think that they know they aren't going to win around in the playoffs so hey let's go and let's go in a direction like joe said and Let's go, not tank, but let's rebuild here because I don't think they're good enough to win a playoff series, in my opinion. So I think what they're doing is really right in the right direction, except for that Spurgeon contract. But Jared Spurgeon is a pretty decent defenseman in this league, just not worth 7 mil for me. Uh, but yeah, I think Bill Guerin understands what his team has to do in order to be be good and get better. So And I think that's rebuilding. So I think they're doing a great job there in Minnesota and uh, telling the fans and the organization and the players of what they're going to be doing for the future.
1: So you kind of touched on
0: the massive amount of injuries that have
1: happened, not only this Mm -hmm. season, but in the last, like literally the last week. So we have a list of players here that have been (laughs) placed on IR or day to day currently. And they're like, most of them are like top six NHL forwards or top two, top four NHL defensemen. So we have Connor McDavid, best player in the league, Cam Atkinson, Mm -hmm. Brian Boyle, Nikita Kucherov, who might return today is a game-time decision. Anthony Sorelli, same thing. Steven Stamkos, same thing. They were day-to-day this week. Andreas Janssen is out for two months after undergoing knee surgery yesterday. Igor Shrushkanen, I think under concussion protocol. Tony D'Angelo, Brock Besser. Shea Weber is out four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. <laughs> Seth Jones, eight to ten weeks with an ankle surgery. Mark Borbetsky, waiver. Casey Sezikis got cut out, uh, I think, about a month. Then Nazem Kadri's week-to-week and Evgeny Kuznetsov is day-to-day with an upper body injury. So, like, all these guys are going down when the playoff push seems to start right after the trade deadline, and they're out. It's not like – like, a lot of them are day-to-day, but then a lot of them are, like, a month to, like, three or plus weeks, you know? So it's just, like – it's just shitty to see, like, to all these good players – Getting this amount of injury to them, it hurts their team, obviously. But then, like, it takes out the enjoyment for the fans. Like, obviously, fans want to see these guys play. Yeah. And, like, of course, my fantasy team would like to see Kucherov <laughs> and Besser play, as well as yeah. others. But um, that's, it just sucks the way there. it is now.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, with McDavid, like, he's the best player in the league. And now he's out for two to three weeks. And Leon Dreisaitl, the German, uh, has to carry that team because another player uh, has done something that I've really never seen before in the National Hockey League. We'll get right into it now. Eric Schurnack could have been injured on this play and could have been added to the list we just mentioned now. But Zach Cassian of the Edmonton Oilers just signed a contract I believe a week week or so ago uh, for the next four years in Edmonton. Uh, He's gonna be a, a big part in their next four years of that team. And he got suspended seven games for kicking Eric Schernack, what is your take on this incident that happened between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Edmonton Oilers on Thursday?
1: I knew as soon as I saw that this guy was getting at least five games because he is that was a brain-dead play as I've ever seen. I don't have any uh, sympathy for this guy anymore, especially after I kind of felt bad for him about the whole Kachuk thing when he got run and then he got suspended two games. Mm-hmm. For kind of saying stuff to the media, like I kind of felt like that was a bit unfair, but then this, like I don't even care. Like this guy's just a plain idiot, yep. and he has no reason to say why he did what he did. Like he, I think he said, like I was trying to get his foot loose. Like you don't kick the guy in the chest with the boot that has a blade on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It could have easily went higher. You could have hit like his neck possibly. I mean, it was just an overall disaster of a play, and I knew he was going to get at least five games for that. And honestly, he didn't get enough. I think he should have got at least 10, because then it just shows a precedent that you don't do stupid shit like this to other players. You don't do kicking or, or spitting or stuff like that. That's just offside, and you don't do that, especially when you're kicking someone with their blade. And has, like you're a blade, like you're basically assaulting someone because yeah. you're using a weapon like i know a stick is the same thing like when you slash one but like a blade like you shouldn't do
0: that and like just yeah it could cause serious damage
1: yeah exactly like it's just not a smart play at all and i lost all respect for Cass, you know i don't even care like what he does the rest of his <laughs> the season the oilers the oilers need him bad because apparently he's a good I player know. on that team so um uh, just not a good situation
0: Yeah, and, like, the storyline around Cassian and Kachuk this season has been pretty decent uh, for, like, the media hype and, like, getting ready for games and stuff. But, like, Cassian has been, like, a key figure in this league in terms of everyone talking about how he's playing, um, what he's doing in the corners and the rough stuff he's doing, and the suspensions he's getting now. I think that's the second time being suspended only this year. And, like, he said stuff after the Kachuk incident that, like, I I, think I'm paraphrasing here when I say this. I think he said, like, I'm done with all that rough stuff. Like, I think I'm putting it to bed and just going to be focused on being like a good player for the Edmonton Oilers and contributing to offense. I think that's what he said. I don't, I'm not sure. Like I'm not hundred percent, but like, I'm pretty sure he said I'm done with the rough stuff and he just does this and gets seven games for kicking someone. Like, I, I believe he should have gotten double digits. I believe he should have gotten 10 just for the league to set a, um, I don't know, set a statement for their league. Cause like they were in attendance for the Kachuk versus Cassie in the last bout and the third boat as well. And then no, nothing ended up going there. But they were pretty safe there. But like, still, man, I like you can't kick some. You can't go around kicking people. Like, it's just I don't know. Like, Cassian has been around the whole league this year with terms of media and stuff, as I just said. And like, like it's it's not going any better for him now. Like, he's got to focus on being a good player for the Edmonton Oilers, and they're going to need him because now it's just Leon Drysaddle, and you add Nugent Hopkins to that mix, and they have to be really good for this Edmonton Oilers uh, team to make the playoffs.
3: Hmm
1: sure i'll just hop into to our awards segment and then we're gonna get to yeah, cool, right? yeah. battle of the buds and then we'll get to our listeners uh audio clips of their trade possibilities
0: yeah you you should go with your pick because we're talking about that team so
1: okay so my heart had award winner this week because we already mentioned we've uh, McDavid's out two to three weeks now Cassian just got suspended. So now it's gonna be all on Leon Dreisaitl of the Edmonton Oilers To step up big and he's been great all season long But then he's got to ramp it up even more in this week in two games so far He has one goal and four assists for five points including two power play assists for the Oilers him Yamamoto and uh, Nugent Hopkins have been a very good line over the past ten or so games and they just really need to keep it up because they have no depth whatsoever right now with the injuries mm-hmm. and the suspension. So I'm going to give it to Leon Seidel.
0: Yeah, that's not a bad pick at all. Uh, Leon so really needs to step up in these next couple games. So uh, that's a good pick from Joe there. I'm going to go to my guy. He plays on another Canadian team of the Winnipeg Jets, Kyle Connor, the American left winger. He has four goals, four assists, eight points, one power play goal, two power play assists, one shorthanded goal, 17 shots on goal in the last week of play that winnipeg power play has been deadly since they played ottawa last week i'm pretty sure they scored like three power play goals in that one and kyle connor was in a part of i think all three of those goals so he's very deserving of this honor and the hard hat award and i believe he will get a start of the week i believe he already did actually get a start of the week last week so uh, good for kyle connor there but no he's having a like a really good year after waiting out with that contract dispute with the winnipeg jets him and Line, a, all the talks around the Winnipeg Jets not making the playoffs. They're not going to have success this year because they're dealing with these contracts. But Kyle Connor's on pace for a career and he's established himself as like one of the best left wingers in hockey this year. I think he's like top five in left wing scoring. So Kyle Connor's my pick for the Hard Hat Award and he may get it down the road for one of us in this category because he's just that good. So Kyle Connor's my recipient for the Hard Hat. Yeah, and uh, yeah, some other not, not good picks are uh, coming up with the Golden Plunger. So give a big flush of the toilet plunger for this one. All right, I will step gladly right into this one. Uh, my pick for the Golden Plunger this week is Max Domi, Joe's boy last year. That guy had a career, didn't he?
1: He had a great year last year, man, and he just looks like a third-liner this year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and he has zero points in the last five games as well. He is a minus five in those five games. And, uh, yeah, compared to last year, he's having a really down year in terms of scoring. And, uh, well, in the face off he's pretty decent. He was a positive uh, this past week, but I don't know for the whole season. But I had him on my fantasy team for, like, two weeks, and he had that, like, that NHL-long goal streak. The longest in the league, six games with a goal in every game uh, he played in that week. And so since then, I've never really noticed Max Domi. I mean, he was in every media coverage last year, having a great year at the start of the season. Remember that meme with Kapanen? Kapanen threw a stick and then Petrie scored. I remember him from there. And then I just haven't noticed Max Domi since Uh, he's done that. I think, you know what? I hate to say it. Max Domi really needs to be more dickish to be noticed in the NHL because like when when he has that he starts rivalries like I remember him versus the Leafs he couldn't wait to play the Leafs he's like I hate the Leafs even though he grew up a Leafs fan like it really it really uh, drove a narrative and whenever the Montreal Canadiens played the Leafs last year and I think he just needs more of that in his game I think he needs to hit more I think he needs to be more of a quote-unquote asshole uh, to be better in this league I think he's really good at it and gets under people's skin just minus the penalties part because I remember this year he got a penalty and Claude Julien absolutely benched him and flipped out on him after the game. Uh, I'm not saying go like there, but try and try and be sandpaper in the lineup. And if it's not going on the point, point scoring, just try and do that and try and fix your game. So Max Domi is definitely deserving of my plunger and he really needs to step up for the Montreal
3: Canadiens.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, their playoff hopes are done. I didn't have hope in them at <laughs> all. It's basically like a. It's just a race between two teams in the Atlantic who don't really give a shit about making the playoffs and the Leafs and the Panthers. It's going to come down to those two because both of them keep losing at the same time. Mm-hmm. No one's really yep. grabbing the bull by its horns and making the playoffs. So it's just going to be those two that are going to squeak into that third Atlantic spot because I think the Metro is going to have five teams again in the playoffs. It looks like. So we'll see and. Yep. Uh, for my Golden Plunger pick, it's someone who's had an even worse year than Domi, considering he scored over 40 goals last <laughs> year. It's Alex De out of the Chicago Blackhawks. He currently has zero points in his last three games and is a hardy minus six. So that is just terrible. And the Hawks are an absolute free fall. They look, going into the All-Star break, they were kind of like on the bubble mm-hmm. to maybe make the playoffs, but they can't score any damn goals their offense has been god awful. Their power play, god awful. And they have still have, you know, Kane's healthy. Taze, DeBrinket's still there. They have Saad. They just can't score any goals right now. They just either get shut out or they lose like three one. They're just in free fall right now. and DeBrinket is certainly not helping that cause.
0: Yep. Yeah, I agree. Uh, DeBrinket really had a good year last year. On like, I don't know, how many goals do he have this year? Like twenty, nineteen, something. Not even. Let's I don't check. Even know how many. Let's check, Alex. Let's check the Brinket. Uh, he has fifteen.
1: Oh,
0: he has thirteen. <laughs> oh God, thirty six <laughs> points in thirty six points in fifty seven games this season. That's terrible for the Hawks. I mean, like it's like the Hawks were worse last year, and everyone had like career years, and now this year, like they're a bit better, and everyone's having like a worse year, except for Patrick Kane. It's it's weird, like, it, like yeah,
1: it's like, because they got Leonard, so their goaltending is a bit better, but it's like their defense is so god-awful, it's impacting their offense this year.
0: Yeah, and I thought it would have got better with uh, adding Ole Madden to Han to that mix, and Adam Boakfist, like, he's, he's still young, like, he's got a lot of time, but, like, man, like, just the point scoring for the Hawks this year has been terrible, and, like, we're seeing it now, because the Brinkett's, like, like, way worse in points categories than last year, and, like, Dylan Strom has been a mess, we talked about that during the week uh, with, amongst ourselves, but we won't talk about that right now. But yeah, it's been tough for the Hawks this year, and that's a good pick, Joe, not going to lie.
1: Yeah. So we got Jason Derulo back here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's going to give us our What You Say of the Week. What you say.
0: Yeah, so this uh, this week's What You Say is uh, a clip that I found on TSN Official. Uh, shout out to them on the Instagram account. Uh, Pavel Buchnevich and Kreider were in the tunnel with Mika Zabinajad, their line mate, and they were talking, uh, they were actually murdering some numbers about the trade bait board that TSN has put out, so uh, check out this clip that they uh, they said some stuff about that. Yeah,
3: it's
0: pretty funny, yeah, Buchnevich there. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, so talking about kind of trades, do you want to move into our next segment uh, with their engaging our fans, or do you want to leave that for last? I, I I say leave it for last.
1: I think we'll leave it for last. Let's just do Battle of the Buds first, do and then we'll, we'll hop in to
0: that. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. Okay. All so right. well, I don't really want to. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this week because uh, so uh, <laughs> I went one and two. Joe went two and one. But the way I went one and two was really stupid because the Bruins lost to the Red Wings. Who, if you couldn't like go on online and look at the standings, Boston is first in the league. Detroit is dead last in the league. The Boston Bruins lost to the Detroit Red Wings last week. Then the Golden Knights put up a stinker in Minnesota and lost 4-0 versus the Wild in Minnesota. So that's where I got my two losses from. The only one I got was the Lightning over the Oilers on Thursday night. Joe, how about your picks? Uh, I went 2-1 this week.
1: So the Capitals lost to the Islanders. I think they got embarrassed, actually, that game. Uh, The Avalanche beat the Sens in Colorado. I won that one, and then the Hurricanes beat the Devils last night on Valentine's Day. They showed a lot of love to their fans
0: by getting a W on home ice. Yeah, the Devils were on a back-to-back as well, and uh, the Devils are already bad to begin with, so on a back-to-back, you definitely have to capitalize on that chance.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. For sure. Uh,
0: And then, uh, so we'll mention Flagers clips, our picks for this week. Uh, He sent them in via our doc that we have every episode to kind of organize what we're going to do. So he sent in six picks because he missed three last week. So I'll mention the first three. Joel mentioned the second three. Uh, He's picking the Capitals at the Coyotes tonight. uh, And the Capitals in that one. He's picking the Avs versus the Kings tonight, which is the Stadium Series game. And then he's picking the Leafs at the Sabres tomorrow night, February 16th.
1: And then for this upcoming week, uh, he also has Flames versus Ducks in Anaheim. On February 17th, he has the Flames winning that. Then the Blues visit New Jersey on February 18th. He has a Blues-winning dot. And then the Capitals visit Montreal on February 20th, and he has the Capitals winning that game.
0: All right, and then we'll get right into our picks. So my total record is now tied with Joe after my bad week. Uh, just two losses there. So I'm 31-20. and 20. Joe is also 31-20. and 20. My picks for this week are I'm going to go back to the Bruins over the Red Wings <laughs> today. Hopefully they get that dub, man, because that would be embarrassing in one week to lose to a team that's in last. So... I'm going to go with the Bruins in this one, and they're the home team. And then on February 18th, I'm going with the Jets, who are home to the Kings. And then I'm going on February 19th the next day, the Stars are host to the Coyotes in that one. I'm picking the Stars.
1: Yeah, so as Thomas said, we are both have the same record of 31 and 20. And for my picks this week, I have the Red Wings, who will be on a back-to-back. <laughs> yeah. So they go from Boston to Pittsburgh. Both afternoon games. So I have the Penguins winning at home there. That's tomorrow, February 16th. Then I have the Capitals visiting the Golden Knights on February 17th. I have the Capitals winning that game. And then the Bruins visit the Oilers on February 19th. And I have the Bruins winning that game.
0: Yeah, those are kind of good picks, not going to lie. I mean, we took good some good teams. Coyote Stars could be a, another toss-up there, but hopefully the Stars come on that one. Flagger's picks are pretty good, not going to lie. I mean, he had to pick six because he missed three, but yeah yeah got a couple he, slam dunk ones. Yeah. Kind of slam dunk ones there. Hopefully they aren't slam dunks cause he is going to start catching up to us. If he gets on a heater with these six games, imagine he goes six and oh, Oh my God. He would be what? 30? 30, 30, 24. Yeah.
1: Wow. <laughs> he'd be right there.
0: Yeah. He'd be right behind us. So yeah, keep on for battle. of The buds. It's been pretty, it's pretty, pretty good this week. Uh, this year we're, we're def we're tied. So, I mean, it's pretty damn good. Yeah. But yeah, pretty that's good. been battle. of The buds, uh, so do you want to say something before we get into uh, the next segment no let's just get right into it okay well do we want to get into the 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 people's uh picks and trades or do we want to get into a meatball that you may have for me this week well let's hear the trades first and then maybe the
1: meatball might reflect those predictions who knows
0: okay we'll get right into the picks that the uh the fans sent us so on wednesday the breakdown twitter account sent out a tweet and we asked the fans to send in where they're from, their name and a trade that they think will happen on trade deadline day or before the trade deadline. Uh, We decided to do this this episode and uh, especially because we are like kind of like a week, a couple days before the trade deadline, we kind of know who's going where and what the price is. So we kind of want to do this before so the price is not out there. And so the fans and us can uh, react and kind of predict on what's gonna happen before any of the big rumors actually start coming out. We know the team's in play. We know the player's in play. But let's see what the fans have to say with these clips that they sent us.
2: Hey, this is Mike from Oakville. Just letting you know, I think that Ottawa will trade Pajot to Colorado for picks and one prospect. It's a win-win for both parties. I think Colorado will get a nice third-line center for the playoff run that they're going to go on. And Ottawa will get more... 2020 draft picks to stockpile what they already have for the future rebuild for the stanley cup champions in 2025 hey i'm luca
3: from Kelowna, british columbia one player i think is gonna trade is chris Kreider, and i think he's gonna go to the florida panthers i truly truly believe the panthers need a type of player like him
2: so they can make a push for the playoffs and run for the stanley cup Anthony from Mississauga, Ontario. New York Rangers forward Chris Kreider to the Boston Bruins in exchange for Boston's first and second round picks in the 2020 draft, along with a B prospect. Kreider would fit on Boston's second line with Charlie Coyle and David Krejci, although Boston would need to free up some cap space to take Kreider's contract. This is Nick from Chatham, Ontario.
0: I think Eric Gustafson is gonna be traded and he's gotta go somewhere that needs a little more scoring on defense. I'd say probably the Arizona Coyotes would be a great option because while they've dealt with the Blackhawks a lot and they could use some scoring on the defense, he's got more points than everybody else and they'll probably get some prospects back for him. I'd love for it to be Yan Yannick, but very, very doubtful. Hi, my name is John. I'm from Mississauga, Ontario. One trade I believe will go down
1: will be Chris Grider going to the Colorado Avalanche. This is because they do have the cap space to make this deal, as well as they could need another winner to add to their team. I believe him playing on the line with Kadri and Burkowski would be a great deal to their depth and also help out their first line in terms of offensive production. Crowder also brings grit in this game, which is always needed in the Western Conference as it's always physical. And him coming in, especially playing on the line with Kadri,
2: would truly help their team not only depth-wise, scoring-wise, but also in terms of just getting through a game, having to grind out wins, and it would help them immensely. Hey what's up guys um, I just wanted to say that I love your podcast I listen every Monday at work Instead of doing what I should actually be doing So thanks for that I know that in a previous episode You guys referred to me as uh, Your uh, I think you said that I was your, your Ottawa Sens insider Since I'm living out here temporarily for school So I figured I'd give a give a prediction For uh, none other than uh, J.G. Pajot, Who seems to be a uh, the person of interest for the Sens uh, and the target for the upcoming trade deadline. So my prediction is that um, similar to what you guys had thought was going to be the destination for Taylor Hall. I think that JG Paggio is going to head to the, the avalanche um, pretty much all for the same reasons. He's um, he's going to be a good depth, uh, probably third line center under Kadri and, and um, McKinnon. So, both of those Hall and uh Pajot would offer that offensive depth and also the Avalanche are willing to to take on a player like Hall or Pajot uh because they have like infinite cap space so that definitely won't be an issue for them and uh I think the trade is going to be Pajot for a first round pick maybe even a prospect as well and um what's interesting is that uh if they end up getting a first round for this year's draft. I think that sets up Ottawa for for three first round draft picks. So yeah, that's my prediction. Thanks, guys. Charles from Mississauga, Ontario. Pajot to the Flames for a second, a third, and Yuso
3: Valamata. All
1: right, thanks for everyone for sending in their uh, potential trade picks to us. We really appreciate it. And we're just gonna get right into kind of evaluating what our listeners had to say about these trades. So yeah, for the first I mean, one, like, right, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, Uh, for the first one, uh, Pajot to the avalanche for picks and a prospect. There's a lot of, uh, I guess, ones that were sent in about Kreider and Pajot. I think Pajot to the avalanche kind of makes a lot of sense because especially Kadri just went down with an injury. And I think Joe Sakic, the GM of the Avalanche believes that they are a a borderline contender this year for the Stanley Cup, if everyone's healthy and producing. So I think Pajot would be that perfect third-line center, and then maybe even second, if Kadri has to miss more than a few weeks, uh, center for the Avalanche. So I think that's a pretty good prediction from a couple of our fans that sent it in.
0: Yeah, for sure. And like, there's been a lot of hype around Pajot in his season. He's having a really terrific year. His shooting percentage is also well as well, but like the the hype with him is like he can add a, like depth scoring if he's your third line center. So with Kadri McKinnon, when Kadri comes back, that's going to be deadly in the playoffs. Like a three line center monster of that, and then especially with Pajot, he can play penalty kill. He can also play second power play. He can also fit into your first power play if the guy if your fifth guy is not doing anything in the slot. He can also fit in there. So Pajot can definitely fit into any situation uh, the fans have sent us. Uh, but the the main Thing seems to be the avalanche with Kadri out right now. And then that's going to be a quick fix for them. And then when Kadri comes back, obviously that's going to be deadly. But, I mean, I could see Pajot also going to the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, uh, one of our listeners said that as well. I, I got to add that in as well. So, yeah, he said that as well. I, the reason I say that is because, well, McDavid's down with injury now. And if they're really truly trying to win rounds in this playoffs, the Edmonton Oilers got to get a third-line center. I know Nugent Hopkins can play that. But, if you want more offense, you're going to have to put Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl and Yamamoto, which we talked about early in the episode, together to create offense. You're going to need a third-line center to bolster that defensive uh, kind of play on that third line because it has been really great this year, and their depth scoring has been great. So, with adding Pajot, that can help as well. And Pajot's a big name, and I don't know if you agree with me, but there, someone's going to overpay horribly for Pajot.
1: I agree, for sure.
0: Like, I'm talking... I think, like, we're talking, like, a first-round pick, a second, and a prospect. That's how, that's how bad, overpaid someone's going to, like, because they're going to need that. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> I, 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 it's going to happen. We've seen, like, stupid trades happen, and not to say that'd be a stupid trade, but, like, if you really want to win rounds in the playoffs, like, I think this guy's going to really help you in that run
1: yeah like he's definitely gonna help you i feel like he's better matches a second and third line center too so even if you do overpay for him like that's kind of like where he thrives even like when ottawa made the eastern conference finals about three years ago he was i think the third line center yeah. he he like went. remember i think he scored that hat trick versus the rangers four goals Yeah, four goals so like and he was like a yeah. third line <laughs> center then like he really matches well with like i guess third pairing d and third liners like that's really where he excels so if a team can really slot him into that third borderline second line center role i think he'll Mm -hmm. thrive and it'll end up working out for the team that acquires him. and then with our last guy
0: who sent in a clip Mm -hmm. uh he said pajo to the flames and my belief is that the flames from twitter and stuff and a fan i really like follow on twitter they think that they are not going to make the playoffs, and they will not win around even if they get into the playoffs. So, whether it's worth acquiring Pagio for your third line, um, or your second line and adding him to wing, maybe sometimes like, is it worth it? Like, do you think it's worth it for the Flames to really acquire a guy like this?
1: No, I don't think so, especially with uh, Giordano going down last week with that hamstring injury he's obviously their number one defenseman and if they can't keep uh, winning games without him cuz he's a big part of that blue line then it's basically just a lost season at this point and then it's not mm-hmm. really worth just barely making the playoffs and then getting like obliterated in the first round in like four or five games so i yeah. really don't think Pajot would go to the flames and then the return that like the <laughs> picks in the in the Valimaki, like i think that's way too much of an overpayment because yeah, even ludicrous. though it's, <laughs> yeah, it's ludicrous, exactly. Like, I don't think, even though it's a second and third Valimaki's, I think their best prospect right now. And if Calgary Cal- were to do that, Treveling would get shot out of a cannon into yep. the snowy winters of Calgary in the wild. So I don't know.
0: Yeah, like Valimaki has been injured. He's going to be injured all year, face it. Like, he's yep. not coming back this year, and I don't think he should come back. No. And his development is, has been pretty decent for the Flames last year. Played pretty good as well as a young defenseman in this league, and then with this year it's going to take a stunt in his uh potential and his growth in the league. But I think I still think he's going to be a solid defenseman in the NHL. So wh- if you really want to give up for a uh, give up on Valamaki and his growth for one, not even one, like maybe twenty games of Pajot and you may not win around in the playoffs, I, I don't think it's worth it for that team. All right, we talked about Pajot. We'll get into the next player that seems to get a lot of talk around the league, Chris Kreider. So. If you don't know who Chris Kreider is, well, he scored a game-winning goal against the Columbus Blue Jackets last season. He was dropped by a unanimous GM in our league, and our fantasy league for, uh, I won't say the team, but he was dropped, he was picked up, and now he's been doing good on this person's team. So Chris Kreider, the New York Rangers, has seemed to be a big topic in the NHL this past few weeks with his play and his play over his career. Uh, what do you think of the people that uh, sent in the quotes about uh, Chris Kreider?
1: Yeah, I think they're all very good predictions as well. Like Chris Carter's been so hot recently too. He scores a bunch of like power play goals, game-winning goals. Like he's just been hot. I think he has 22 goals now this year. So, the Rangers may end up re-signing him, but like mm-hmm. a lot of like reports are indicating that might not happen cuz he has he's had a good contract still, so any team can really take him on. I think he's at like 4.6 million. So that, that's not really the issue. It's more of, will he be a fit with some of these teams? So we have, uh, someone said, the Crider to the Panthers, Crider to the Bruins, and Crider to the Avalanche. The one I think that's the most realistic, I think, is the to the Bruins. And that's because they really need another secondary score behind that perfection line of uh, Marchand, Pasternak, and Bergeron. And Debrusque has been getting hot too. Krejci still there. Charlie Coyle is the third line center, I believe, but I think they need another. They think they need one more offensive punch to that lineup, and then kind of throw, I guess, opposing teams off in the in the playoffs on the power play. Maybe you can switch up Crider and and uh, like Marchand, for example, on the power play. Kind of switch up their roles to create more depth. Mm-hmm. So out of those ones that the fans predicted, I think the Bruins make the most sense because they are looking for uh, a scoring winger. I know they've kind of been in on Kovalchuk, but I don't think he really fits their playing style. I think Kreider more fits their style of play. Kovalchuk's a little bit older and slower than Kreider. Well, a lot slower than Kreider. But I think if Kovalchuk were to get moved, um, I think he might go to the Oilers because they're in desperate need of some scoring depth and he is really cheap contract Mm -hmm. and... If they think they could get into the playoffs, make McDavid happy, and if they believe that they can kind of get hot down the stretch, and I think Kovalchuk will go to the Oilers, and then Kreider would go to the Bruins, Mm -hmm. like that's kind of how I see it playing out. But what do you think? Yeah,
0: and no, like I agree with the Boston Bruins thing because like the way the Boston Bruins play is like run and gun. We're gonna hit you in the corner. We're getting the puck, and we're going to the net. We're gonna score a goal. And that's how, like, that's how Chris Kreider has made money in this league. And that's how he's been dominant in this league. He's, like, he's one of the fastest players in the NHL, besides McDavid, besides Barzell, besides those guys, in a one-line, straight-line race. Like, he's one of the, and when he's coming at you, he's big. So, like, he's going to hit you, he's going to knock you down, he's going to get the puck, and he's going to score a goal on whatever goalie he's versing and he's uh, up against. And another person said Kreider the avalanche. I think that would be a perfect fit for the Colorado Avalanche, especially cause he's big, he can skate and that Western Conference mentality of hitting in the playoffs is, it takes, it goes up from a five to a 10 in the playoffs, especially in the Western Conference. And Chris Kreider can add hitting, he can add speed, he can add goals and you put him on the ice. Imagine a line with McKinnon, Rantanen and Kreider. That is fast. That is fast. And like McKinnon can just feed it off. Kreider can go or Kreider can do the same with McKinnon feed it off, and he can go. So I think Kreider is, like, I don't know what the haul is on Kreider, but I have to assume it's, like, a first, a second, and an A or B level prospect because this guy is going to add a lot of things to your lineup and a lot of things these teams might need. Like, the Bruins are already good, but adding Kreider puts them over the top of some teams, especially, I think, right now in the current state of the Maple Leafs. I think if they get Kreider, they're way over the Leafs in terms of a skill up front and uh, more like firepower up front and where you can count on. So um, yeah, Kreider to the Panthers as well is a good one. I mean, the Panthers are kind of injury ridiculed, ridiculed right now. And adding Kreider to already guys like Huberto, Dadunov, Trocek, Barkov is uh is pretty incredible there. Just the price. I don't know if the teams are willing to pay, but if you're getting a guy like Chris Kreider, who cares, man? Like this guy's going to be really good for your team in the playoffs. And especially the stretch drive of the, of uh, the stanley cup uh, playoffs as well so yeah i agree i don't know like do you see him going to another team besides the teams that people sent in like maybe uh, it, cap is a big factor in this but too so mm-hmm. i honestly wouldn't be surprised
1: if tampa scoops him up
0: yeah that would be crazy
1: <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised at all they have half their lineup is from the new york rangers of like 2015 so if he went there Wow. i could see it they i think they could get rid of maybe a first they probably don't need they have a ton of prospects and maybe they might even throw like a position player in there as well
0: yeah maybe just a it, cap
1: yeah maybe a tyler johnson cap works out they have sorelli now who's ascended a lot they get cryder mm-hmm. they'll be scary in the playoffs But we'll see. But I wouldn't be surprised if Tampa swoops in and takes them.
0: I would be surprised because, like, they're already good to begin with. And Kreider, again, as I said with the Bruins, puts them over the top of some teams in the East. Like, I don't know if I see Kreider on many other teams besides the teams that people sent in, because that seems to be the rumor coming in. But, like, off the top of my head, uh, maybe, like, (sighs) hmm. Maybe like maybe an Islanders. I mean, maybe if the Islanders really want to give up the price, go from goes from New York to New York. <laughs> but still, if they really want to put that price, like even Pajot can go to the Islanders to help them out. Um, the Islanders haven't really added much, to be honest. I no, like the last they've couple done. Months.
1: They've done nothing really. Kind of just been so, there.
0: So, yeah, maybe Lou is cooking something up in his kitchen, but I, I don't know if. He's going to make a deal on this deadline. I don't know if he has a trade in mind or. Like, the Islanders are a great team, just they haven't added a lot lately. And with the injuries of cases, Azikis now going down. And I'm pretty sure other players have been uh, with the injury bug all season. But I think the Islanders definitely need to acquire someone else to help their scoring because it can't be just all Matthew Barzell and all Andres Lee and all Brock Nelson up front. I think other guys have to contribute. And Bovillier has been contributing lately, but he hasn't been consistent all year. So, whether it's Pajot, whether it's Kreider, whether it's Tyler Toffoli, whether it's Kobolchuk. I mean, does Lou Lamoriello really want Kobolchuk back? Or like, <laughs> <laughs> that'd be funny because because he, he kind of murked his franchise there a couple years ago. But yeah, um, we could also talk about Kobolchuk for a second here. We'll get right ba- we'll get back into the voice notes that people sent us. But mm-hmm. Kobolchuk seems like. What, what what's your take? I know I know your take on it. Just like tell everyone else what your take on it is. Culture,
1: like um, it's hard because everyone on the team seems to like him. He's been good for them. Very surprisingly good, considering his career looked like it was about to end when he got bought out by the Kings in December. So he mm-hmm. has I think twelve points in like fifteen or sixteen games. Like not bad for a thirty six year old winger no, who no. hasn't played in about three months. So mm-hmm. I think he's been fine. He has he's a bit a little bit hot and cold, but that's kind of expected. Like I'm not expecting him to score like ten goals, fifteen goals, or rest of the season. But like the thing is, like I don't know if Montreal would want to re sign him for next year because this year is basically over. Weber's out for six weeks. It's basically done now this season because the teammates seem to like him, or they could flip him because I think right now they probably can get a, a second round pick for him. Because of how well he's playing and how he's still able to showcase his skills and abilities. And he could easily be a, a second or third line scoring winger on most playoff teams right now probably. So I th- I don't know what they're going to do. Because they also have like Petrie and Thomas Tatar that have been on the block as well Montreal. But they both have a year left on their contracts. And Tatar himself is having a career year. So if they were to kind of... Ca- I guess they would maybe take an offer that they can't refuse... I'd be okay with it, but I don't know what they're going to do on, before the February 24th trade deadline, so we'll see.
0: Yeah, weird situation there because, like, I don't know, man. You said Kovalchuk's like he – I mean, I, I watched that skills competition video. He was mic'd up. Like, he seems to be part of the boys now. I mean, yeah. but, again, it's a business, and if someone goes knocking on Mark Bergevin's door and say, hey, we'll give you a second-round pick and maybe, a, I don't know, B C level prospect, I think you have to take it. I mean – yeah. You might, like, he might leave, he might walk, he might resign. You never know. And even if you do trade him, hey, he can, he can come back and contribute next year. So mm-hmm. it's a weird situation with Kovalchuk there, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Montreal has to do, I think, something with Kovalchuk or, I don't know. Like, he's been really good for them, so, and I would know that because <laughs> I, I hear about him every day. So, um, yeah, so another fan also said that Eric Gustafson of the Chicago Blackhawks might get dealt to the Arizona Coyotes. He also mentioned quickly that they've done a lot of deals in the past couple of years. Uh, the recent one, I think, was Nick Schmaltz. And who's the other guy? Nick um, Schmaltz and someone. But it was Nick Dalmerson. Schmaltz. The two guys were Nick. No, that was a couple of years ago. But Nick Schmaltz was the big piece, and the other guy going the other way was uh, uh, Dylan Strom. So those are the two guys there. They made that trade with the Chicago Blackhawks, and they've done so much more. And yeah, he mentioned that Eric Gustafson would be the leading point scorer on D on that team. Um I think I don't I don't think that's true actually, but let me I can check I'm not sure. Quickly. Ekman
1: Larson's been bad all year long, so
0: he honestly could be. Yeah, but yeah, Jacob Chicker's been really solid this year too, so yeah. 25 points for Eric Gustafson and then uh how much does Chicker have? Let's check that quickly. But, I mean, that trade would be decent. I mean, you're adding offense on the defensive core to that team. And he he would be the leading... Actually, he would be second in scoring beside, <laughs> behind Alex Giligosky. So, Oh, God, yeah. yeah, so adding another Swede to that Arizona Coyotes Swedish defensive core uh, would be pretty good for Arizona, especially if they're trying to make the playoffs. They added Taylor Hall. We thought that was going to really, really help. They have been inconsistent since they have acquired Taylor Hall. Mm -hmm. Um, We mentioned last episode we kind of bashed their franchise about relocation maybe when Gary leaves the NHL. But I think adding a guy like Eric Gustafson, if this guy guy really turns it on, he hasn't had a great year this year with the Hawks. He had a career last year. Uh, I think he had like 41 assists, 11 goals or something like that. So if you can add that to Arizona's lineup and maybe get traded there, that's a good fit for him, especially with Eklund Larson already there, Jalmerson, Gillagoski, the Swedes. So, yeah, I, I don't know what to say about that. That hasn't been a big one in the news, but this Chicago fan thinks that Eric Gustafsson is going to the Aaron X. Hey, why not?
1: Yeah. It could happen every now.
0: Yep. Um, we touched on every voice note we got sent in. Thank you very much. Flager also sent some voice notes in on some possible trades that uh, might happen in the next week or so. So we'll play those now, and then we'll get right back into the Joe Spicy Meatball after these clips.
3: Thinking that the Minnesota Wild are going to look to move a defenseman uh, and possibly Matthew Dumba, maybe Jonas Brodin. I think they're going to move one of those two guys and try to get some more firepower up front. I think that's one thing that they really lack in their lineup, especially because they're battling for a playoff spot right now. Uh, we could see them getting a rental player just to try and squeak in and try and make a push in the playoffs. I have this weird feeling that Derek Grant of the Anaheim Ducks is going to end up on the Edmonton Oilers after the trade deadline, um, particularly because I think the Oilers could use more of a depth center. They're, they don't really have good depth centers at all to be honest I'm really curious to see what the Buffalo Sabres are gonna do approaching the trade deadline they have almost their entire forward core other than Jack Eichel, Jeff Skinner, Kyle Okposo, and Marcus Johansson are all gonna be free agents uh, this this coming summer uh, I'm, I really don't know what to expect from the Sabres from now to the deadline, I think I would imagine they're going to make a maybe a few small moves. I don't really know what to expect, to be honest. They don't really have calf space to work with at all. They have some picks to move around. Uh, I want to hear though what, what you guys think about the Buffalo Sabres and what you think their strategy is going to be approaching the deadline. All
0: right, another week of uh, Flagger gone, but he's still able to send us in those clips. So thanks, Flags, for that. We'll get right into Joe's spicy meatball. You said it had to deal with something about trades. What is it? So my
1: spicy meatball for this week, uh, but first I got to put some more basil on this one, on some Uh sauce here. Yeah. Because this one is, is it's kind of like confusing. It's not really confusing, but like it's it's kind of really, like there's no, there could be no right or wrong answer. So my spicy meatball here is that whichever team acquires Chris Kreider, Will win the Stanley Cup. So so say he goes to the Bruins, they'll win the cup. Say he goes to the Avalanche, they'll win the cup. But do you yeah. believe that well, whoever team whatever team acquires them will win the cup? Hmm. Based on like realistic teams that could acquire him.
0: It's a good one. It's a good spicy meatball. It has a bit more than basil, I think, on that one, but Yeah. <laughs> more taste. That's like four rounds that whether it's Chris Kreider being that best player or other players being the best player, Chris Kreider still has to be part of that team. Yeah, like, as long as he's to.
1: part of the team, contributing. Damn. Yeah.
0: Hmm. You know what? I'm going to say no just because if – this is off the top of my head. If I'm really, like, tracking this thing down, the same those Blues, they didn't really make a big splash last year, right? No. Because they were supposed to be terrible. <laughs> Until Jordan Benetton stepped in. So, they didn't really make a splash there. The Capitals didn't really make a splash either, right? I don't think so. I Maybe mean, they had guys couple depth like pieces. Depth pieces, right? But they didn't have yeah. that big fish at that deadline. So Yeah. And then Pittsburgh the year before, they already had that core team from the previous year. They didn't really make a splash on the trade deadline. So, see where I'm going here? Mm-hmm. So, with that track record, I think I'm just going to say no because... The team who's really gotten that big splat, big player uh, on the trade deadline day, hasn't really ended up winning that cup in the past couple of years. Uh, from what I remember, I could be really idiotic and just forgetting about the team that has acquired the best player and has went on to win the Stanley Cup. But from those three teams, I d- I can't remember that big fish that they got, and that was like number one in everyone's books. But I'm gonna say no, just because that's never really happened before. But again, with Chris Kreider on your team, dude, he's gonna help a lot. Like I, I, like, I. I'm going to say no just for the track record, though. But, I mean, that team will be very, very good. So,
1: some yeah, good no reasoning that, there. That's, that very, some, that's some very good reasoning.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just because it's, it's never happened. Like, I mean, remember, what was it? Last, was it last year or two years ago where uh, Tampa got JT Miller and McDonough? I think it was I think two, it was years, two ago.
1: years ago. And they with yeah.
0: win the cup. Yeah. They lost to the Washington Capitals. Mm-hmm. And then last year, who was the big fish? Mark Stone. Yeah.
1: And they lost in the first round.
0: Yeah. And I would then, say, I think, I
1: think he was the biggest.
0: Yeah, he was definitely, yeah, one of the biggest. There and was then, Duchesne Oh, Duchesne as well. Columbus. Yeah. Columbus. Yeah, so those guys. Yeah, so <laughs> the track record really ain't that good for the top trade bait board guy, but, I mean, like, Kreider's going to add a lot of things to that lineup, whatever he goes. And a guy who we really don't talk about and... Uh, should be kind of more talked about because I think, you know, he could be a good depth player for any team is Tyler Toffoli. I, I really think he's going to go to the Colorado Avalanche if they can't land either one of Pajor or Kreider uh, just to add some more depth to that lineup. They've already added so much of the offseason. Joe Sackick's mm-hmm. done a great job with adding Burakovsky, with adding Don Skoy. So those guys have been very good for them. And with adding another type of guy like Don Skoy and Tyler Toffoli, I think that's a win-win situation for them as well. So yeah, he hasn't been really talked about much. And I heard they were in on Zucker. Didn't get him. Pittsburgh obviously paid the price and got Zucker. But if they can't get Kreider Pajo I think Tyler Toffoli in that mix. And then maybe Kovalchuk you throw in there. I think Colorado is in to win. I, I, they got a lot of cap space. And adding guys just for the fun of it is not what they're doing. They're adding to win the Stanley Cup. And I think they really can with McKinnon, Rantanen, and the goaltending they're getting. And the defensive play of Kale McCarr. So, yeah, Colorado is going to be scary. Imagine... Pajo, Kreider, or to and that, that'd that be pretty sick but yeah yeah i, I would say no okay so that, that was good spicy meatball i not gonna lie thanks because
1: it it's tough i mean like ma-
0: like imagine if freaking Kreider goes somewhere and they win the cup like
1: yeah it's hard that's why it's it's a bit different it's not really a yes or no because you don't know where he's going yet obviously
0: and yeah, exactly. Even then, no.
1: you have to predict like four months in the future.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that as well. We injuries come into play. Yeah, it's tough. But yeah. I'll say no. But okay. Yeah. All right, that was a good spicy meatball. I think that was a pretty good episode we had today, especially considering uh, trade deadline is going to be in a week and two days. Three yep. days. Very close. So yeah. So I don't know what we're gonna do for next episode. Uh, there definitely is going to be more trade talks and people in trades and maybe even trades done. So yeah. we'll definitely recap on that. But uh, any last words from you, Joe, and anything you have to say as we end this podcast episode?
1: Yeah. So me and Flager worked on a, a Alex Ovechkin career article, like how me and you did for Patrick Kane. But he's been sitting on six ninety-eight goals now for about a week. So the article like the is done. Year. Exactly. It's done. It's in the draft, ready to be posted. But as soon as he hits 700 goals hopefully tonight because I really would like him to hit that milestone um it will be released so that whole it's either tonight hopefully or basically whenever he hits 700 goals so keep a lookout for that it's very similar to the Patrick Kane article that we did so keep a lookout for that one
0: yep and then the next couple weeks trades for the NHL so we'll definitely talk about that keep you posted on the breakdown twitter uh then I will say my thing that I always say. Every episode, point leaders, goal leaders, win leaders. Point leader in the NHL, 90 points, Leon Dreisaitl. Goal scoring leader, Austin Matthews, is tied with David Pasternak at 41 goals. By the time we release this episode, Boston are, is going to be already playing, and David Pasternak is probably going to score a goal. So maybe I'll say Pasternak is going to lead the NHL in goals, but for now on, it's tied with Austin Matthews. And then the win leader in the NHL, caught by surprise the last few months, Andre Vasilevsky with 31 wins. He hasn't lost in, like, he hasn't lost in regulation in two months, which is <laughs> incredible. So, I mean, I picked Hellebuck for the Vesna, but vashilevsky would be a really, really dark horse for them to win back-to-back years. So, yeah, um, yeah, that does it for episode 18 of End to End. We'll keep you updated with trade and stuff. So, and I uh, just want to say a quick thank you to all the people who sent in voice notes. Also, Fleger, who sent in his six picks for Bow of the Buds and as well as those clips there. So, thank you very much for that uh n10 will be back next saturday join us